Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I'm co-founder of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions provides easy-to-set-up lines of credit for small businesses. Yes, there's a company who specifically does that uh, for small businesses. Um, over my 25 plus years of career of building companies, uh, I, I've almost always had a line of credit. I just really believe in it. It's nice to run a company now that I'm passionate about the whole idea of having a line of credit, and that's what we do. If you're interested in learning more, please visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. So over the last 25 years, it's really 30 years, but after 20, after 25, you don't say it anymore. Uh, I've built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, including two companies that have made the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. I love learning from people with business experience. And today, I'm very excited to be speaking with Marquis Murray from, uh, from his own company. Um, but before we get to Marquis, uh, today, in today's digital, digital business environment, cybersecurity protection is no longer a nice to have. And um, that's why um, Technology Management Group, or TMG, has become uh, very uh, big in our industry of helping people with cybersecurity concerns. Uh, they've been around for 30 years. And, uh, you know, if you haven't had any cybersecurity issues, you consider yourself lucky. Uh, and once you've had one, you really start to pay much more attention to it. So if you're interested, if you have a question, if you're worried about something, please uh, take a look at them. You can reach them at cyberctrl.net. Again, at cyberctrl.net. Our guest today is uh, Marquise Murray. Is he, He's a business process consultant and an expert in improving systems and optimizing processes. He helps teams make the most of their technology by standardizing their operating systems and streamlining their processes. He has over 15 years of experience in the industry. He's well-versed in growing and leading successful teams. In fact, his consultancy, Ditto, was acquired after only two years in the business. Prior to Ditto, he also founded an inbound marketing agency, which he later successfully exited. Marquise, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Thanks so much, Stephen. It's great to be here. So, you know, we're going to be talking about something which I've been preaching on uh, over the 400 plus episodes I've done about how critical it is for small businesses to build processes. Um, when you are working with your clients, typically, why do they bring you on board? Yeah, it's a great question. And typically, the issues are that they don't have standards around how their teams work, right? And we can, you know, fishtail off into, into different ways uh, of thinking about that. But it's they don't have the visibility they need from a reporting standpoint. They don't have the data they need to make, you know, informed decisions. Their teams are working in different ways, whether it's they're using different software tools or each team or department has their own way of doing things. And they want to create those standards. Typically, they're running up against deadlines and timelines and their, team, their teams just simply aren't in sync. And so they really want to bring everyone together, standardize their processes, and create clarity really around how they work and how um, their, their teams and projects should be aligned. 
Well, what's the business problem they typically come to you with in, in layman's term? They'll, they'll call yeah. you up and they'll say, Marquise, uh, blah, 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 blah. What is that blah, 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 blah? Yeah, it's typically our, our processes are a mess. Um, you know, someone was on our team years ago and they created these systems and now they're not with our company anymore and we need to figure out how the work gets done. Um, burnout often comes up where their teams are overburdened, overworked, um, and they can't figure out who's spending time on what. Oftentimes I'll hear, you know, we don't know what we don't know. We're just scratching the surface on our tools as well. And we need to create standards around how we work so that everyone can simply get on the same page. So I, I hear quite a bit, but typically the problems are we don't, you know, have the visibility that we need. We don't have consistency within our team. We don't have documentation to follow. Um, our onboarding is a mess. When people come on our teams, you know, they don't know what they're doing and they're learning the bad practices from the people that have been here for years and they're just figuring it out as they as they go. Is there a certain industry that you find that you work in the most? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's typically um, B2B or B2C um, e-commerce brands that we're doing, doing a lot of work with. We'll typically work with marketing agencies and marketing departments as well who are delivering products and, and services. And so if, it, if it's a marketing team, there are campaigns that they are working through. There are um, product launches that they're working through as well. And they need to create standards around how they, they deliver. Um, if they are, you know, a marketing agency, typically it is, you know, client onboarding where they're getting stuck in um, and then keeping up with their, their team internal onboarding and their training as well. Um, but as far as specific industries, we don't typically work with any specific industries, we, but it, it's the marketing teams within these larger organizations that we are connecting with quite often. So, I mean, I've learned from personal experience, you know, building processes is one thing. Yeah. Um, but, but do you then consult with your clients to make sure that they're using them? Because, you know, once it gets onto paper, you get yeah. it onto paper and then it gets forgotten. Right. So what yeah. do you advise your clients to do to make sure that the processes are being followed? That's the tough part. And like one of our services is, is monthly support. So we, we continue and we, we jump back in if there's any new training or iterations to processes that are needed. But the way that we work is we will work with them in workshops to develop the processes with them. So we're figuring out, you know, how they work right now, what the current state looks like what the current pain points are, what their ideals for what the future state should look like. And then we're working with them and their teams to not only figure out what the current, the, the future state looks like, but also working with them to help us make decisions on how to build it out within their work management tool, how to document those processes. And we're teaching them as we go, right? We don't want there to be a, a case where we've done the work behind the scenes, said, here you go, and now we're off to work with somebody else. We really want to empower them because adoption is one of our, our biggest metrics as to did this work or not, right? And then we'll often work with them to understand um, how they can train their teams now and in the future, right? If anyone does come on and then what intervals they need to be reviewing their processes, updating their documentation um, as well. And one of the biggest things is where is this information living? Because one of the biggest problems is that we have the work happening in one place. Let's say it's a work management tool. You know, you have your asanas and your your rikes and, and Mondays. 
and then you have the documentation floating around in Google Docs or some other tool like Confluence, let's say, right? And the, the documentation and the processes around how we work is, is separate from where the work is actually happening. So one of the things that we'll do is work to integrate the tools, the templates that are being used day to day, and the processes with the documentation so they all live in the same place. And so as things change and update over time and we're, we're training them on how to make those changes, they know exactly where to look because they're all aligned and all in one place. Yeah, so I'll put some, um, some real-world experience behind this. I'm a big process guy, and I, you know, I tell all of our listeners that if you want to get you know, past the $3 million market, depending on your industry, you, know, you can't do that with, with haphazard word of mouth, this is how we do things. It has to be formalized into a process. Now, the first thing I learned is that no one likes the word process. So, right. you know, I use the word best practice. And when I changed that vernacular when, a long time ago, my employees really loved the idea. They're like, oh, there's, we have best practices, right? This is like, you know, and honestly, when you're small, this is like uh, best practices is good for the owner because typically he or she will be like, this is the way I would do it if I was in your shoes. And that's, that's what owners like that, right? So best practices was the name of the, our process folder that we had for every uh, thing. So we had best practices for hiring uh, nurses, which was one of my business, uh, for interview. It was best practice for interviews. That was one thing. The second thing that we did is um, uh, if there was a breakdown where we made a mistake, the first thing I would do or my second in command would do is, Let's go back to the best practice. What does the best practice say? Did we skip a step? Was this done? So we review that. So we are always re- going back to best practices. And then the third thing we would do is we would update best practices on a yearly basis with the team so that we would review it and say, what has changed? Is there a streamline that effect that we've had now? Um, uh, uh, you know, are we, have we added more to, uh, the, the, the best practice? And then the last thing I would just give you some real world experiences. I totally love software that's built for your industry because it's built in processes. And one of the things I've learned is when you're buying software and you're going from older, other software that you've had, um, don't adapt to the way that they do the software, not the way you wish it was, it would be done because it was done in the past a certain way. Uh, We did that. We moved from Microsoft CRM dynamics. I don't know what it's called anymore to um, a, a software product called Velocify. And, you know, when we moved, it was considerably different and, and, Philosophy was specifically made for our industry. And when I, when we adopted what they had been doing, it, it just, it made complete difference in our business. Mm-hmm. I mean, we doubled in our sales within three months. Wow. Yeah. Because of the productivity improvement. Yeah. That's so, that's so good. And like to your earlier point, like best practices, I love that you framed it that way, 
right? Because that's 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 what it is. Like we have specific segments that we train on best practices and standards, but we're really just communicating what the documentation says. Yeah, yeah. and right? it made people willing to go back at it. You know, yeah. processes seem, seems uh, autocratic, whereas best practice seems uh, this is how how people do it. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, uh, I yeah. love what you said about the software as well, because one of the things that I, uh, I'll often say is just because it's the way you've always done something, it doesn't mean it's the right way, right? We're supposed to flex the software. We're supposed to integrate it with other tools. We're supposed to, you know, break open the mold so that it works for us. But um, yeah, absolutely agree with what you're and saying. And I was there. guilty of that a lot. I'd be like, oh, how come the, how come the software doesn't work this way? Um, right. you know, I'm so used to it this way. And then they would, you know, painstakingly, I would then do it the way that they, the new software was. And then eventually mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh, these guys really know what they're doing. Right. You know, they really know what they're doing. If you bought the right software, it really makes a big difference. I mean, the difference with Microsoft Dynamics is it's, you know, it's, it's a hundred percent customizable. Good. Whereas when we went to this Velocify, it was, you know, specifically for our industry. So the processes and best practices were all right in it. And, you know, you, you didn't have as much, you didn't have any freedom, uh, which is, you know, I thought, you know, that's not a good thing, but believe me, it was because they, they knew what they were doing. They had been doing it for 20 years. They knew what the way our industry worked. So um, what about when you're, when you're moving? So, when you're moving clients to, have you been brought on board to help someone select software? Yes, we have. Yeah. What's that like? It's interesting um, because we are mostly software agnostic. We, we tend to stick with Asana um, as a work management tool. Um, oftentimes we're brought in for a CRM selection though. And that's where we'll, you know, kind of look at our partners and see what's available. So if it's HubSpot, you know, versus Salesforce, you know, we'll be looking at different options for them. In some cases we've explored Rike or, or ClickUp, you know, that was the right tool for that, for that, for that person. Um, we do have partners that we'll work with in those cases. We'll typically bring them in to, to do a, a demo for, you know, another work management tool. Um, what that will look like is is really lining up what their requirements are so we do a bit of discovery off off the hop to understand what do you want the tool to do we meet with the different stakeholders of the the teams or departments and we say what's not working right well, what what is happening right now in the day-to-day -day, what do you want to happen and then we just line it up against the different tools so if it's not a capability we have in-house then you know we'll bring in a partner to to source and and do a demo for us and then we work with them on the implementation and the documentation, but we really do want to um, make it so that the customer has, you know, the final say in what the tool looks like. They're often looking for recommendations and they'll, they'll trust us because we've done these implementations before, but um, it's really just lining it up and, you know, checking off boxes. So we'll actually create a matrix based on their requirements of this tool has, you know, reporting, you know, baked in. This one has time tracking and detailed reporting, you know, um, native to the tool, whereas we'd have to integrate, you know, through a third party or, you know, tap into the API to get what you're looking for here. And so we're often considering those things. And with those additional features, you know, often comes, you know, increased costs as well. And so being budget conscious is obviously a part of the process. And if they have a very defined budget, um, then we want to make sure that we're we're providing a solution that fits within that as well. But uh, like I said earlier, with the process improvement documentation, they're always involved in the decision making, and we kind of walk through that with them. Yeah, yeah. I also remember too. I, I kind of forgot uh, one of the great 
that, you know, one of the key reasons why um, we created best practices too was uh, when I was going from my second to my third company, I didn't like the employees I worked with. I'd hired at my second company. Um, I, I, and I made a, a major commitment to hire better people, have our culture predetermined before we hired people. So we knew what, what we were looking for, um, and be able to give our people the best tools so that they be, could be successful. And the best practices that we did was there so that when, when people were hired, they could hit the ground running super fast and they knew exactly what was expected of them. And so I just remember now how that, you know, the difference between the second company and the third company I had and how much I just loved the people who worked uh, for me at my third company uh, was because, you know, we were more organized. Um, and so let me, I wanted to ask you this question. Have you been brought on because a company was being acquired and they had no processes and procedures in place and they came to you and they said, we're being acquired and this company, I mean, they want processes and yeah. we don't have it. Have, has that happened? Yes, I've been brought in, you know, prior to the acquisition and post-acquisition or a merger in, in most cases. And so the merger is the, really the most interesting one because you have these two teams that have been operating, you know, very differently for years. And now we're trying to come bring them together. In the case of the company that is, um, you know, in discussions around acquisition, um, it's really very interesting because we, we meet and I hear things like, yeah, we've got documentation here it is. And we open up, you know, Google Drive or Box or SharePoint and we look at some documentation. And, you know, it's typically the, the head of ops or a senior manager walking us through that. And there are their team members on the call who say things like, I've never seen that. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. When, when, when do we use that? And then, you know, they backtrack a little bit. And so, yeah, it, it's like we think we, we are good at documentation as business leaders. Um, because maybe we've done it once, we've gone through an exercise with a, with a consultant or we've, we've attempted it internally. But then to your earlier point, it's like, is anyone looking at them? Is anyone using them? And so we really have to really start from scratch there. You know, when is this happening? What stage are you at in your conversations? Um, how do things operate right now? And then even how they operate right now isn't really a great, um, isn't the most optimized version of how it could be. And so we're then looking at the current state and still going through the same process to get them to a more optimized solution, creating documentation around that to then hand over. And so, yeah, it, it's really interesting on, on, on both sides of it to see what the current state really looks like and what um, you know our, the impressions are of that leadership team on where their documentation stands. Yeah, I think, listen, I think that, I love a company that's well run. I just do. Yeah. And the, you know, where you're executing like incredibly well. And there's only been a few times that I've seen some businesses be really great at execution and they all were really anal about process driven businesses. Yeah. yeah. You know, and let me tell you something, those businesses 
Number one, they killed it as far as growth goes. Number two is they got acquired and the owner came in and they got a higher multiple of what people paid for their company for because they were so yeah. well organized. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's why I, I say to you, if you want to be a professional entrepreneur and really have a good business, you got to have great processes and procedures because let me tell you, the best companies in, in the world, they don't wing it. It's they, true. They, they just don't. You know, they have, they, they just know that they have to have these best practices in place and it's not sexy to, to do it, but it, it, you know, that's why it's sometimes easier if you don't have the business owner doing it, if you have an operations person and that is a responsibility and then the entrepreneur holds the operations person, second in command responsible for this. They say you're the second, second in command's job is execution. Yeah. You, your job is to execute my business plan and make sure everything is being done. And the type of person who's really good at that is someone who's really, really anal or ADHD about it. Right. And, and, and uh, in those cases, uh, you need the, those best practice documents to kind of do that. Have you seen that? Let me ask you this. That was a theory of mine that the operations sure. person needs to be anal about it. When you have been involved with companies that are really well run, is there somebody like that operations person that you've seen be really on top of the documents? The simple answer is no, Mm. Stephen. If I can be honest, um, there's often operators who are in their roles who are not great at documentation or keeping up with it because they're so in the day-to-day that they are constantly putting out fires. They're yep. trying to keep up. They have issues, you know, as long as the Nile River, right? Yep. And, and, and they cannot keep up with their improvements. And, you know, something you said earlier about, you know, building a strong business, I, I really feel that if you are, are, are good at process and, you know, have an organization that, you know, is, like you said, process driven, it really comes down to the leaders, like their vision for the company. This could be the visionary or the operator in, in many cases. And so, um, we, we run our business on the EOS framework. And so like we start top down, like our, our core values are um, iterative, iterative mindset, um, personal resiliency, ownership, and then uh, validate everything, right? And so we really start down. And so to have a company that is well-run, well-organized, where the leadership understands the need for process, you know, and then that trickles down to the team and the individual contributors that are then, you know, in, in, in drained um, in, in this, this culture around process is by having this clear vision, having those core values that you can link to people, that you can um, assess people on and make sure that they're not only, not only aligned, but they're following them and consistent. And so when it comes to how are we doing, you know, our processes you know, aligned with the vision? Are they aligned with the goals? You know, are we moving in the same direction? I really think it starts top down, right? And and that often comes from the leadership. Yeah, I think that uh, to me, uh, you want to, I really believe in high probability of success. And so you want to be doing these things that allows your company to really um, reduce the error, error, the potential for for, uh, mistakes. 
I, what I mean by that is it definitely starts off with vision, understanding culture, understanding where you're headed, understanding what your goals are. It definitely starts with that. But, you know, that's where companies that are getting over, you know, getting over $10 million, you have to have that. Okay. But if you want to get over $10 million or you want to get to $10 million mark, you got to have the processes down too. Agreed. So it's, if you don't have, if one of those is two, two of those things is missing and you're not great at those two things, your probability of success is, is, is going to go down. I'm not saying you're not going to be successful. What I am saying is that uh, your your probability goes way up if you do both of those things really well, and I think that's you know that's the key. You want, you know, uh, you know. So uh, absolutely agree. You know, and I think we, I think I think my companies have done well in those two areas. Really, um, you know, we, you know, I think, and then this is the other part. Nobody is out there without competition, right? So you're competing every single day. Um, so are are you going to beat your competition based on your vision, right. based on your goals? Uh, maybe, but more than so. like, it's more than likely it's going to be on the execution side that you're going to beat your competition on. Yeah. Let me let me finish answering your 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 question there. So like these these operators in these roles, right? They often like. It's not that they're not good at process. It's just that they haven't had the bought in from the rest of the leadership team. Because uh, again, it does start there. Like they're, they're one person who understands the need for it, wants to implement it, but they haven't got the bought in or the support from anyone else on, on their team. And it's like they're losing, playing a losing battle, um, fighting a losing battle, forgive me. And so what, when, when I'm coming in, they're really looking for a partner, right? To help them to... Um, be a voice of reason. The right? operations person is, or the the the, 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 yeah. the operations person. Yeah. They're looking for for a partner to come in, be the voice of reason, um, and, and help to communicate what they've been trying to instill for for years. Yeah, right on their own. So I, I would say th that's where we're coming in a lot of the times is to provide that support and be that outside party that says, "Hey, this is broken. Let's fix it." Yeah. I, so let me ask you this. So I, it's been a while. The, the companies that I have right now, um, are, they do not have a lot of employees. So I don't have to have, which is on purpose. Um, mm. So I don't have to have a second in command, right? Sure. Um, now, if I were to have a second in command, um, what I would what I would say to them, and this is my, vi this is the vision of the company, which we you know we've all put, the, you know, maybe we would all agree on it. Uh, yeah. Certainly we would, uh, a vision, culture, mission, uh, 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 goals. Okay. Now, now I want my second in command. I want you to be anal about us having documented best practices and with we're following them on a consistent basis. And I would hold him or her accountable to, I might even have a, a monthly meeting saying, all right, how are we doing with our business processes? Okay. Oh, is there any updates? Like it would be like, I would really be on top of those things. Does, does, do you think that that is the right way to go? Because you're saying to me that, it's because the higher ups don't believe in what 
the operations person does. They really don't care. They're like, here, you have a job to do, go do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Is that what you're saying? Um, yes and no. I, I think that it is the responsibility um, of this operator, the second in command, if they've been putting that place to, to manage and oversee these processes. They are responsible and they are accountable as well for this. Yes, they should absolutely have to answer. I firmly believe, though, that it is the responsibility of everyone to manage processes and make sure that we are up to date and we are, are, we are doing well, mm. right? When, when we, if you go back to culture, it, it, it's a culture in my company that if we are doing something, changing something, we, we iterate all the time, then we document what that change is, and then we communicate that change, right? In, in our, inside of our asana, where our standards and best practices live, right? Everyone has the ability to create SOPs and they know how to link them back to either a core business process or a piece of technology that we're using or a, a company policy. I think it's everyone's responsibility to take ownership over their department, their team, their specific function within the company. And then yes, report to the operator second in command, but you can't leave it to one person. It, it shouldn't be on one person's shoulders. You should you should create a culture where everyone is involved and, and we, we live, eat, and breathe this stuff. Yeah, so I, I, I'm thinking back to you know how I could really articulate this better and why I feel the way I feel. Okay. And, that, and I'll give you an example. So I played a lot of sports and I, I reached uh, um, a very, very high level college division one sport. I played baseball. I played four other sports too, but baseball was uh, my thing I did. I had an amazing high school coach and I had a really good um, college coach too. Actually, my high school coach was better than my baseball, my college coach, but my high school coach. So in baseball, let me ask you this, Marquis. What do you think in baseball is, if you're a coach, the things that you would focus in on? Just the most obvious things. Um, training. Okay. Right. Skill training. Um, all right. So skill training. So it would be sure. hitting the baseball, yeah. throwing the baseball and running, right? right. Everybody yeah. would fo focus on those things, right? Right. So if you just focused on those things, you know, you think you would have a great team, right? right. Mm. Well, what my high school coach and my college coach did is you would constantly go through uh, real situations over and over and over again so that when it happened in real in the game you weren't caught by surprise so what do I mean by yeah. that okay I, I understand that may, maybe many of us are not sports people but when the pitcher has the ball and there's a guy in first base one of the plays that you can do is the guy in first base can start running towards second base. Stealing. No, this is when the pitcher still has the ball. Okay. Right. Yes. But what happens is if there's a, it, it, well, if there's a guy on third base and the guy does it on first base while the pitcher still has the ball, the idea is to get the pitcher to be so nervous about what to do that the pitcher either it's called balk, which means he makes a mistake on the mound Two, he throws the ball to the wrong person. And it's so distracting that the guy from third base can score. 
This is the ball's never been hit. Right. Okay. This is all going on during a game. And for those who don't know baseball really well, this type of stuff under the professional level happens all the time. So we would constantly practice this one example of what happens when the guy in first base starts taking off and you have a guy in third base. What do you do? You have to step off the mound. You have to throw it. You have to run toward the guy. You have to be careful of what's going on in the third, uh, third base. Then you got to throw the ball to the second baseman and then he runs the other guy back. It's not hitting. It's not pitching. It's, it's really not running, but, and we would go through all those scenarios of what right. would happen during the game. What happens when the ball's hitting center field over the center fielder's head? What's the relay? You know, mm. what, you know, you would practice all these game time situations. Do you do that in business? The the short answer is no. No. What happens we should, when right? And we, what happens and we when know a, how? Right. What happens when a client calls in with a complaint? What's the process? What's the best practice right. for that? Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What happens when someone has a defect on the, and, and it's this particular, that's an easy one, but you know, so yeah. it's, to me, it's, I learned all this stuff of incredible ex- Now, by the way, my high school baseball team was number one in the state. Um, and, and my college team was one of the top 40 teams in the country. So there's a correlation between being really good at what you do yeah. and and uh, your ability to execute. And that's where yeah. I think business processes. That's why I'm a big proponent of it. I should come work for you. That's so good. Let's do something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do something. Um, if I can respond to that. Please. Though, I mean, yes. In, in business, we don't do that, right? We, we don't run those scenarios. In EOS, they, they, they call it IDS, right? Identify, discuss, solve. And so a customer comes to you with a complaint You've now identified, if you're the leader that wants to receive that feedback and improve it, you've identified a problem, an issue in your business, and you can add it to a list, right? So a customer gives you feedback, then you take that into a leadership meeting and you discuss what happened, where the breakdown was, you know, why this happened, who did it, was it a breakdown in software technology, was it a process problem, was it a handoff issue, was it a miscommunication? What we, so we're discussing it, we're running all these different scenarios right? And thinking about what went wrong. And then we move to the S, which is the solve, right? So then that's when we start, you know, testing different options. And we, if it's a solution fix, we go and look at other software solutions. If it's an update to a process or a training need, and then we start running all these scenarios back to figure out what is the ideal resolution for this, right? So to, yeah, again, to answer your question, no, we don't do it. But there's, there's a way that we should be approaching this so that we can think about the different outcomes and implement the most ideal one. Well, we're going to leave it off at that. Uh, at, with that, I, I, it, was a, you know, it was a very unusual and a good podcast. It you know, certainly hits home what I really believe in. I'd like to thank so very much Marquise Murray from uh, his company for coming on to today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. So you can see future episodes and please also, if you have really liked today's podcast or the any of the other ones, please give us a five-star review. It helps us get a, the word out. And if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, you can uh, reach us at fscreditline.com. That's, again, that's fs 
creditline.com, FS is in financing solutions, creditline.com. Our Marquise, if, if, uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? They can visit marquemurray.com. Um, take a look at services. Um, there's blogs and there's a link to a YouTube channel with instructional videos. But yeah, marquemurray.com has everything you need. Yep, and that's spelled M-A-R-Q-U-I-S and then Murray. All that's right. right. Great. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Stephen. So today what I learned is... Uh, I think the thing which my 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 uh, my uh, you're going to think this is unusual, but I just I had a hunch that companies that were being bought would be working closely with Marquee um, to get their processes up to date. It's kind of important, and I think that says a lot to you. If your goal is to eventually sell your company, which it better be, you better not thinking you're going to do this to your 90 years old. At some point, you're going to sell that baby. Uh, you better start getting used to having processes in place. And I, you know, we can't beat it up anymore than I already said about execution. So please consider that. All right, everybody have a great day. It was uh, great talking to Marquis and uh, I learned a lot. Have a good day, everybody.